Thanks for joining us for another great message from Influences Church Australia. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, blesses you and brings you joy. For more information about our church, go online to influences.church. And now for our message. Okay, so uh, if you're taking notes, I'm calling this talk, um, How to Get Another Drink. How to Get Another Drink. Spicy, it's a spicy little title there. And um, I'm gonna talk about repentance tonight, um, the R word, I know it's horrible, um, but I think it's the best word in the Bible. Um, and when, <laughs> when, we, when we hear the term repentance, we'll probably freak out. I don't know about you, but in the past I have. And then as I began to study it, I, could, I began to get really excited about it. Um, because it's an opportunity to change, and God's a part of it. Um, and so I want to um, I want to talk about repentance. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. Um, it was uh, repentance is John's first sermon, the John the Baptist. It's like his, when we're introduced to him, he, he's saying repent. In fact, I think the first words out of his mouth is he calls people snakes. It's pretty awesome. We're going to see in a second. Um, it's Jesus's first sermon. Okay, it's Peter's first sermon. This is, a, this is like a, a sermon that we should all be familiar with and really comfortable with because it's like the first message of the gospel. Um, when I was growing up in, in uh, youth ministry, I remember a guy pe- preaching on repentance and he talked about repentance as a 180 degree turn. And I'll be honest with you, while I agree with that sentiment, uh, that's one, it, it doesn't really explain the, the whole the whole process. And so tonight I want to kind of talk about the biblical process of repentance. Um, but I'll be honest with you, when I heard that 180 degree turn, I'm like, I guess I'll, I'll never repent then. You know, 180 degree turn? Dude, I still have sin in my life. Does anybody here like ever do stuff that you're just like, dang it, I didn't want to do that. You know, it's like a Romans 7 thing. You're just like, oh, wretched man that I am. You know? like So... When I hear 180 degree turn, I'm going, yes, I know that I shouldn't be doing it, but I have not done a 180 degree turn, right? So it's like, it's a little intimidating. Um, am I repenting? So it, it caused some confusion. And when any, any, anyone would talk about repentance, I was just reminded of that youth pastor going 180, going this way, and now you're going this way. And it's like, yeah, that's intimidating. That's a, that's a lot. Uh, I mean, Paul wasn't even that sanctified, right? As I mentioned, Romans chapter 7, you know. Um, Peter, I mean, after John 21, we see Peter still making mistakes. You remember, I believe it's in Galatians, when Paul said that he had to withstand Peter to his face because he was acting two-faced? You know what I mean? I'll be honest with you. I mean, that's a leader I can identify with. Not Paul, Peter. You know what I'm saying? I love Peter in the Bible because it's, he's a guy who steps in it all the time and somehow Jesus still uses him. I love, that's me. You hearing me? You know? I, I, I love that idea. I, I think sometimes, okay, let's not get ahead of ourselves. We're, I'm gonna stick to my notes as best as I can. Here we go. Uh, three things I wanna do tonight, really quickly. Number one, I'm gonna look at some more hard verses because I just love looking at hard verses. Really, the hardest verse we're going to look at is this first passage that we're going to look at. So number one, and then we're going to look at the meaning of words. Um, the Greek word for, for repentance is, is pretty important. 
Um, and so we're going to take a look at that. And then um, we're going to ask the, the Holy Spirit to do a fresh work in our lives. Um, that's, that's what we're going to do. So that's kind of the, the trajectory of this message. Okay, so Matthew 3. Let's get into the scriptures here. Matthew 3, 7 to 12. Matthew 3, 7 to 12. This is spicy here. This is, this is John the Baptist. Okay, he's a spicy guy. Um, and this is amazing, though. When, when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees, these are guys on sort of two aisles on the, on the political spectrum, so to speak, in Israel. He sees these guys coming. Uh, it's it's kind of like, you know, he saw the Labor Party and the Liberal Party coming. You know what I mean? And he's just, and he looks at me, you brood of vipers. You know, it's like, we're all in, uh, we're all, we're all uh, named here. Um, who warned you to flee from the coming watch? Uh, or rather, wrath. I don't, this must be Freudian. I'm not wearing one, and I'd want like one. Um, produce fruit in keeping with repentance, or, or other versions say bear fruit in keeping with repentance. The, the, word, uh, the, the, the word that we'll see continually throughout the New Testament for repentance is the Greek word metanoeo. Um, it's used in different forms, but um, metanoeo literally means um, a change of mind. That's what it means in Greek. A change of mind. Okay? When you look through all of the Greek manuscripts, the extra canonical literature, Greek literature, that's how it's used. It's a change of mind. Now, obviously, the, script, the scriptures, you know, add some more meaning to that word. But when Paul's employing that word, and this is the main word that's used um, for repentance, metanoeo, it means a change of mind. Let's keep going here. Okay, so um, let's just rewind and take a look at this, the, the previous slide that we had there in verse 8. And I just want to show you something here. You know, produce fruit in keeping with repentance, as in, have you had a change of mind? Because that's where repentance begins, right? And if, and if we think about it here, like the beginning of repentance, you know how like the, the fear of the Lord's the beginning of wisdom? Like that's the thing that kicks it off. It's the very beginning. If you get that, it all just flows from that, right? The fear of the Lord is what? God consciousness. So when you're conscious that there is a God and he has a moral order, he has some opinions on how the world should run, and he's revealed himself in scripture, that will begin to inform some of the decisions that you make. That's how wisdom works, right? Wisdom is the application of knowledge. So when you have that knowledge of God, then all of a sudden you be, and you have that fear of him, and that awe, and that wonder, all, all of a sudden your life begins to change, right? So it's the same way with repentance. Repentance, like the whole mission of repentance is to get you to agree with God. It's a change of mind. You hear me? You hearing me? Metanoeo, a change of mind. Ultimate, what, is, what is that? Agreeing with God. Agreeing with God. God, I agree with you about this situation in my life. God, I've looked in your word, and I, and I realize that you have an opinion about some of these things, and I agree with you. Lord, I'm going to humble myself because your ways are higher than my ways. And your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. And I'm going to admit that, God, I don't know everything. I'm not the creator of the universe. God, you're the designer. You designed this whole thing. You know how this whole thing works. God, I don't know me. You know me. 
Hello. God, I'm going to trust that you are the creator. You have all wisdom. And as I'm confronted by your word, I'm going to agree with you. That's repentance. That's metanoeo. I'm changing my mind. I thought that... I thought that I knew it was good for me, but I don't. You know what's good for me. You hear me? I thought that this would fulfill me, but it doesn't. It leaves me empty and dry. God, I agree with you. This, there, there's this part of me. There's, there's, there's parts of me that uh, they've become my identity. And God, I'm surrendering that. And I'm going to agree with you. Repentance begins and it flows from agreeing with God. And so John is saying, hey, whoa, hey, you snakes. Side note, I love the snakes that y'all eat. Is it natural confectionery? I'm like, my God, those are good. That is a heavenly blessing. Okay, let's get back to this sermon. Okay. <laughs> put, this, put that... That, that thing back up. There you are. You just leave that up there. Come on. Work with me here, honey. <laughs> okay. I, I don't know the gender of whoever's doing that, but I'm just, <laughs> honey sounded more fun. Um, produce fruit in keeping with repentance as in, okay, you've, you've right, so you, you agree, you, you agree with God. Now, um, if, you, if you do agree with him, it's going to begin to manifest it's going to begin to show. You hearing me? Okay, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Uh, um, yeah, next, um, next slide. There it is. And do not think you can say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. As in, like, you don't have an ethnic advantage here. Nobody has an in, right? Like, we're all just, the heart is, is laid bare before him to whom we must give account, Right? I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees. And every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. That's spicy. Let's see this next part. There it is. It's just, I have some power. It's pretty awesome. I baptize you with water for repentance, right? To come in agreement with God. But after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand. This is the next slide. And he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Man, there's that fire thing again, right? I've heard, uh, I've heard people exegete the passage in John, you know, the vine and the branches, and all, you know, the, 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 the branches that don't bear fruit. You know, I've heard people say, he, you know, he, the Father doesn't cut away he lifts up, and I'm going, man, contextually, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't work if you read the whole passage. 
right? Why is repentance important? Because there's an, there's an eternity on the, on the line here. We don't, I know that talking about hell is like the, the ultimate bummer ever, right? It's like, the oh, thank you. Wow, I'm glad, I'm glad I can to church on Sunday night. You know what I mean? Thank you for that. Um, but it's a reality. Jesus talked about it all the time. It's in the scriptures. You know, I don't, God, does, God does not delight in, in the death of the wicked. God doesn't want to send people to hell, right? He, he, he's willing that, that, that none should perish. But this is what's on the line with repentance. What happens if I don't agree with God? There are eternal consequences. There's some, there's some important things that we need to agree with God on. Like who is Jesus, right? Okay, let's keep moving. Um, repentance is a change of mind. This is Amos 3.3. 3, and it's a really short scripture verse. And it's just so obvious but do two walk together unless they have agreed to do so? You can't have a, a relationship here if you're not in agreement with God. I want a, a, a relationship. It's a relationship with God. Absolutely, bro. I'm all about relationships. Agree with God. That's how that works. I have a relationship. It's grace. Absolutely, it is grace. The fact that God would even reveal himself to you, that's grace. The fact that God would give you a path to him, that's grace. The fact that God would draw you to himself, that's grace. The fact that God would fill you with the spirit and empower you to walk with him, that's grace. But you need to agree with him. Because two can't walk together unless they're agreed. You hear me? Let's keep going. Genesis chapter two. Genesis chapter two. <coughs> Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. But then he says, you know, there's a, um, next, next, next slide, there's a, a tree that I don't want you to eat from, right? Expecto Patronum. Is it there yet? There it is. Now the serpent was more crafty. Um, oop, I think we, 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 we skipped um, an earlier part uh, in Genesis. Can we just go back to Genesis chapter 2, verse 16? Let's just read the whole part. Um, God says, I, I, you can eat of any tree in the garden. Um, if we have it, we can throw it up. I'll just summarize. But don't eat of this tree, you know, this particular tree in the garden, the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You can eat anything else, but I don't want you to eat of it because if you eat of it, you're gonna die. Okay, that's what God says. All right, let's go to uh, Genesis 3, uh, 1 to 6. You can just read that. I think you had it up there. Uh, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord had God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree of the garden? So what I want to show you here is that the devil, his, what he wants to do is attack the first point of repentance. Okay, so he's going to attack the word of God, right? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. So you hear the gospel, you, you read scripture, you have the revelation of God, and then you have a chance to agree with God or not. So the, the devil is gonna attack that first point of contact, which is the word of God, okay? So th this is his strategy. It's like his first strategy, and I'm gonna show you in a second. It's a strategy that he repeats, okay? So the first strategy is he questions the word, okay? You know, you must not eat from any, did God really say, right? Um, and the woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. Next bit here, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it. God never said that. 
we, if you look back in Genesis 2.16, um, Eve here is adding to the word. Um, let's keep going. Let's keep, let's keep reading in, in, um, in Genesis 3. Okay. Um, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. You must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. Okay, so now he's beginning to, he's added to the word. Uh, he, she's, he's questioned the word. She's added to the word. Now he's beginning to twist the word, right? The, ser, you know, the serpent says, you will not certainly die. Well, that's a twist, right? He, um, he's, a, he's obviously a, a horrible theologian because he has batter fish to fry here, right? To, to, to be deceitful. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like, oh, this is just a, a flat out lie, right? And then we see, let's, let's, let's continue here. Uh, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food, pleasing to the eye, desirable for gaining wisdom, as in, if I, if I eat this, I'm gonna get to be the own, I, I, I'll be the captain of my own fate, master of my own destiny. I will no, no longer have to be reliant on God anymore. I can choose what's going on. You hear me? You know what I mean? Like that self-sustaining, oh, I am the one who decides what is true and what is not true. Once I eat this fruit, I will get that type of power. Okay. Um, and so she took some and she ate it and she gave some to her husband and uh, you know, he ate it and then they realized, okay, we've made a, an error here. Um, and death enters the world. Let's go to Luke 4, 3 to 13. Luke 4, 3 to 13. Okay, so this is the temptation of Jesus. Uh, the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. So Jesus answers with scripture, right? The temptation comes and he says, man shall not live. It, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place, this is the second temptation, and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And uh, he said to him, I'll give you all of their authority and splendor. It has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want. If you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, it is written. Once again, second time, Jesus responds to the devil's temptation with the written word of God, right? Um, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Okay, we get to the final temptation here. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. And he says this, um, if you are the son of God, Throw yourself down from here. And then he implements his old strategy, the strategy that worked with Eve. He begins to quote God back to him, but he's quoting God out of context. Right? He's quoting scripture here out of context. Where it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. And then he quotes another verse too. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Let's just leave that passage up there for a second. Um, there's always, look, if, if you want to find something like a verse in the Bible to justify a desire or a sin in your heart, you'll find it. Super easy. I could find a verse for anything. Yeah, I, have a, I found a Bible verse uh, that allows me to uh, go on a killing rampage. Um, totally. Yes, that's called the Old Testament. I mean, it's there. <laughs> you know? Uh, I just, um, basically, I had this revelation that the city of Adelaide needs to go to Melbourne and ransack the place. Um, yeah? Where? Um, in, in the book of Joshua. 
Good find. <laughs> you hearing me? Right? Like, there, there, there is, I mean, dude, you can find a verse to justify, that's what, how cults are made, right? Like, you know, it's like, this is what we want to do, and we have a verse to justify all of our, you know, crazy behavior. It's like, well, yeah, okay. Now, the devil does that. Okay, so which, just, just, just a side note, the Bible out of context is not the Bible. I'll just say that one more time. The Bible out of context is not the Bible. The Bible in context is the Bible, and it has power. You hearing me? Right? If my dad like says to me, hey, you know, I want you to go mow the lawn. Um, and I'm like, dad, I don't have time. You know, okay, well, tell your brother to do it. And then I go and I go, hey, dad said he doesn't want you to mow the lawn and you suck, right? Like, <laughs> I have taken my dad's words, you know, and twisted them or whatever. It's not my dad's words, you know? When you take something out of context and you twist it and you're trying to make it say something that it really, that's not the Bible, it has no power when you do that. It has power in its context because then it's God's word, right? I can't agree with God out of context. That's not how that works. Okay, if there's, if there's something in my life and I'm trying to justify it, I can't understand why won't the Bible allow me to ransack Melbourne? I'm so frustrated. It's my life's calling. It's part of my identity. I'm the new Genghis Khan. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just, I just really feel like I'm called to be Julius Caesar. And it's like, dude, look. No. Just, we have 2,000 years of faithful readings. Okay? Like, don't do that. <laughs> Augustine is going to disagree with you. Aquinas is going to disagree with you. Luther and Calvin are going to disagree with you. John Wesley is going to disagree with you. Bishop Ryle is going to disagree with you. Pretty much everybody in church history disagrees that sacking Melvin is a good idea. You know what I'm saying? But still, people will go, no, I just, it's, it's, I just, the Holy Spirit really quickened it to my heart. I was reading it in the Joshua. I'm telling you right now, guys, Melbourne is ripe for the picking. <laughs> and he's like, dude, no. No, don't do this. Nobody's joining you. You're not in your right mind. You hear me? You're reading by yourself. You're reading alone. That's dangerous. Read with your church. Read with church history. Read faithfully, right? Like, it's, the scriptures aren't for private interpretation. That's how the devil reads scripture. Hello? I don't want to read like the devil. I want to read like a Christian. Lord, I agree with you about these things, and I might not like these things, and sometimes things in your word might frustrate me, but God, I trust you. I'm gonna agree with you. I need to change. There's no shadow of turning in you. You don't change. Yesterday, today, forever, you're the same. And you're, the Bible is the Bible is the Bible, 
and there's faithful ways to read it, and there's unfaithful ways to read it. Study to show yourself approved, a workman who's not ashamed of his work, rightly dividing the word of truth. There's a, right, there's a, there's a way to rightly divide. There's a way to not divide rightly. You hearing me? It's a carpentry term that Paul uses there in Timothy. You're not making a right cut. Jesus answered, and how does Jesus answer? When the devil speaks out of context, he answers with the word again in context. It is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until another opportune time. Luke 15, 7. We're gonna show the process now of metanoia. Luke 15, 7. Um, I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven um, over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. There's a, heaven throws a party whenever there's repentance. Like a, a huge party. Um, one day there's angels that are gonna, you're gonna meet in heaven. And this is, this, is, this is sort of, this is extra canonical, okay? This is in my imagination, but just go with me for a second here. You're gonna meet some angels that were in Adelaide. They were, their, their job was overseeing Adelaide. And maybe, you know, at, uh, this church, Influencers Church, was their, their, their post, okay? You got angels assigned to you. And they're, you're gonna meet them, and they're gonna be super tired when you see them in heaven. They're like, why are you guys so exhausted? And they're like, We've been partying for a very long time. Are you guys okay? No, we are not okay. Influencers Church has been killing me. What are you talking about? There's so many people getting saved. There's been revival in Adelaide. I haven't had one night's sleep in a millennia. <laughs> Heaven throws a party when, when sinners repent. Uh, but I also believe that, that heaven throws a party when Christians practice repentance as well. There's this passage um, in Luke. I don't have it up here. But do you remember when the, the prodigal son came to his senses? And he was in the, he was in the pig barn or in the, in the pig pen or whatever. And he's hanging out. And... Um, and he, the, the scriptures say that he came to his senses and he's like, what am I doing eating pig food? This is insanity. My dad's house is dope and there's lots of food and I could just be one of his servants. This is ridiculous. And so he goes home. I love how the scriptures say that he came to his senses. Metanoeo is coming to your senses. That's what it is. It's rational to agree with God. It is irrational to disagree with your maker. It's a coming to your senses. And I think that when you come to your senses, Thomas Aquinas said that the, the, the soul um, was, the, uh, it was the, the, the seat of ration in a human being. Like ration reflects the Godhead. When we're reasonable um, and when, when, we, when, we, you know, when we're reasonable, reasonable beings, um, it's, a, it's a God attribute. Like, it's like you, you, 
we become less human uh, when we're irrational. We become more human when we're rational. Like we're, right, because human's not a bad idea. Human is a good idea. It's a God idea. Um, and to be fully human is to be like God. And so when you recover your senses and you begin to go, you know what? God is God and I am a created being who has fallen and I need to pay attention to his ways that are not just right, but they're better. That's a, that's a rational thought. You hearing me? You're coming back to your senses. Yeah, man, man a lot of things are gonna begin to go good in your life because you've been living irrationally and now you're beginning to live rationally because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Oh my gosh, you're gonna start living a wise life. You hearing me? He comes to his senses. You can't have a relationship without agreement, as I said, um, because all a relationship really is is an agreement. Now, bad relationships are bad agreements also. Um, you can have a, a, a relationship without a, a good agreement. It's just a bad relationship. Um, and agreements, um, my wife and I have a relationship. Um, there's certain things that we have to agree on in order to continue in our relationship. You hearing me? Um, and when a relationship is, is bad, we have to renegotiate the relationship by renegotiating the agreement. You hearing me? So, some of you are in some bad relationships. For example, uh, you know, no text Timmy or no text Tammy. You have, a you have a relationship with no text Timmy or Tammy that goes like this. Let's be friends, and when I text you, you never answer, and when you text me back, I answer straight away. And that's an agreement that you've negotiated with them. Not verbally, but it's, it exists. And so in a, in a and all a, a relationship is, is, is agreements. A relationships are built on their agreements. So, what a, you know, a relationship coach will teach you is renegotiate your relationships. You go to no text Tammy and you go, hey, you know how uh, when I text you, you don't text me back, but when you text me, you demand that I text you back straight away? I'd like to renegotiate our relationship by renegotiating our agreement. Right now, this relationship doesn't work for me the way it's set up, right now with the agreement. The agreement that we have in place right now, we've obviously come to some sort of nonverbal con contract but I'm letting this go, you're letting this go, and this isn't working for me, so let's renegotiate our agreement. Okay, how do you do that? Okay, what I'd like, let's have a conversation called, um, when I text you, you text me back, at a reasonable time. That's how life works. Our relationships are only as good as our agreements. You hear me? Now, God is really good at, at relationships. He's amazing at them. <laughs> Yeah, like amazing, because A, he invented them. B, he's in an eternal relationship. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, it's like a perfect relationship. And when God wants to be in a relationship, he asks that there be agreements. This is why repentance is important, because it's the first step. Hey, I want to be in relationship with you. I want to be your God, and I want to, and by me being your God, man, I'm going to step in. I'm going to save you. That's pretty cool like from hell, that's awesome, right? Yes, that is awesome, God, I, I do want a relationship with you. 
I don't want to go to hell. That's a good reason to be in relationship with God, just for starters there, right? And God, I, my life will be better with you in it, right? Yes, life will, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so this is how the agreement's going to work out. Let's negotiate, or this is how the relationship's going to work out. You need to agree with me. That's how that works. Now, in my relationship with my wife, my wife is not God. Even though sometimes she thinks she is, okay? <laughs> we won't tell her that. Um, I don't have to agree with her on every single thing, but there are important things that I need to agree with her on. You hearing me? Um, and in that relationship, it is, marriage is continual repentance, isn't it? Oh, my it is continual repentance. I get the sweats when I go to Kohl's to get something for my wife. Any guys like that? Oh my gosh, that's hard, right? Because I know I'm gonna not get something. And I think that's part of the issue is I'm like, I'm overthinking it, you know, but she knows and so she'll be telling me all this stuff and I'll be like, I'll be like, text me it, text me the list. Do you know what I mean, guys, right? Like, don't just tell it to me, text it to me. Like, if it, even if it's three things, just text it to me, right? Because I don't want to let you down, <laughs> you know? Like, and so I'll go to Kohl's and I'll be, you know, getting stuff and I'll be looking at the list and then she'll be keep updating it, which is the worst. And there's no reception in there. So like a, a text will come through and then another one won't and I'll be freaking out, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna let her down again or whatever, and then I'll get back and sure enough, you know, I've made a mistake and oftentimes it's not because she was updating it, she was, I just didn't see something or whatever and you just go, I, I'm sorry, you know, you repent. <laughs> right? I agree with you. I suck at this communication thing. This is, a, this is an issue. And then she'll be like, okay, I love you. It's okay. Or here's a, here's a big one. Um, I'm going to get really transparent here. <coughs> God help me. Um, when my wife is talking to me, and I'm, I'll be thinking about, who knows what I'm thinking about? <laughs> you know what I mean? But I'll, whatever it is, I'm all in it. You know what I mean? Like, I wonder what the interest rates are today. You know, like, <laughs> you know, should I get into NFTs or not? What is an NFT? <laughs> if I right click on an image, am I an art theft? Thief? Um, anyway, so, you know, I'll be thinking about whatever. And my wife will be talking to me about something and she's a detailed person I am detailed about things that I'm interested in she is <laughs> she is detailed about things that she is interested in there are no uninteresting topics just uninterested people and so you know she'll be going off about my wife is like super into like art house flicks I don't like movies that don't have explosions in them. <laughs> you know what I mean? So she'll be going off about like some pre-code movie, you know, oh yeah, it's from 1932. And I'm like, wow, sounds horrible. <laughs> you know, was Michael Bay alive then? 
I'm not watching it. Um, and she'll be, you know, oh, and you know, da 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 da, and this is their first movie, and Ingrid Bergman and Grace Kelly, and like, you know, going off, and and just details and details, and IMDb, and da 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 da, and I will just, you know, and but then I was looking at her, but I wasn't hearing the words, and then she'll be like, "What did I just say?" <laughs> oh God, I hate it when she does that. Because she's got me. And even if I was listening, I'd never get it right anyways. <laughs> what did I just say about James Stewart? I'm like, oh. Winchester 73 was his favorite movie? No. I don't, you know, I, I never get it right. And she'll go, Nate, you know, were you actually listening? And I'll have to be honest. I, I lost you, you know, about 20 yards back that way. And then, and then, and I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, tell me, tell me again. Right? I, I come back. No, I, I agree with you. I, I need to, I need to listen better. Yeah, I'm thinking about, I'm sorry. I, I, that sucks. I love you, and I want to pay attention. And if it's important to you, it needs to be important to me. So I, I'm sorry. Right? And that's repentance, right? And then she's like, okay. Okay, so James Stewart... <laughs> we renegotiate the relationship. Hey, I need you to agree with me that when I'm talking, you listen to me and you know show interest. You're right. I agree with you. That's important. Right, Nate? I need to renegotiate. Our agreement. We have an agreement right now where when I talk about James Stewart, you dial out. I'm sorry. I'm back. And I, I agree with you. And we, I want our relationship to be a relationship where we agree and we have agreements. And that's a, that, that's a good rule. Because when I'm talking about theology, I want you to listen too. <laughs> right? And she does. I agree with God, and I am agreeing with God. In, in theology, we say this about salvation. I was saved, I'm being saved, and I will be saved, right? I was saved. You know, I heard the gospel. I responded to it. God saved me. Also, I'm being saved. I'm continually believing. I'm continuing my agreement with God. Lord, what, okay, God, if I, okay, I agree with you, but when I get to the next scripture that I don't like, I'm going to agree with you again. And God, when I make a mistake, I'm going to agree with you and your word. Lord, I made an error. I made a mistake. Your word is true. I'm the one that's made the mistake. You hear me? That's repentance. Repentance isn't like a one thing. Okay, I repent. I agree with you. It's impossible to agree with God on everything when you just, you repent for the first time. You hearing me? It's a continued walking repentance. You hearing me? Right? Agreement is ongoing. Incarnation is also ongoing. See, the word has to become flesh in me. Right? God wants the word to become flesh. He doesn't just want, okay, yeah, I agree with you. He's going, okay, I want you to bear fruits too. Uh, Nathan, I want you to, 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 to walk towards me. We're, we're walking, 
Salvation is less a line that you cross over and it's more a direction that you're headed in. You hearing me? Christians repent every day. Every day. God, I, that attitude that I have towards that pastor or that person, God, that's wrong because this is what your word says and when I read your word, it wounds me and it hurts and I'm the one that's out of order and I receive that spiritual chiropractic adjustment in Jesus' name right now. Lord, adjust my heart, right? And then, you, then the next day you wake up, God, that, uh, that pastor's still bothering me. I am still failing the test. God, I, I agree with you. That attitude is wrong. My posture's wrong. Forgive me of it. Lord, I pray for them right now. God, would you just strengthen them? You hear me? It's continual repentance, uh, continual walking. Um, I agree with, I agreed with God, and I am agreeing with God. Proverbs 24, 16. This is super easy. The righteous fall seven times, and they rise again. That's a great verse on repentance right there. You know, what makes him righteous is, isn't that he never falls. It's that they're in continual agreement about their situation. Yeah, God, I made a mistake again. It's a mistake. It's sin. I'm not a victim. I rebelled willfully. I chose, God, to disagree with you and to disobey you. And God, I ask you to forgive me. I need your grace. I need your forgiveness. I need your mercy right now, Lord. God, I've, I've sinned again. I, I sinned again, God. And I'm, I'm back here. And God, I'm asking you for your, that your Holy Spirit would strengthen me, can continue your conviction in my life. God, I agree with you. You hearing me? God, I'm back on my feet again. And I'm walking in your direction. That's repentance. As long as we're agreeing with God and getting up, we're repenting. When we begin to disagree with God and we stop getting up, we've stopped repenting. And we begin to become unrepentant. And what Jesus is calling us to is to stay repentant. Now, this is the relationship that I want with you. A relationship that I want with you is where you're in agreement with me. God can handle our imperfection. He just wants us to continue to agree and to get up. That's repentance. Philippians 3, 20, 21. I got two verses left and we're done. Philippians 3, 20 to 21. Our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. One day, I'll be totally repentant. One day, I'll, I'll be delivered from this body of death. Right? As in, like, I will be meticulously repentant. Or materially repentant. As in, uh, you know, I'm agreeing with, God, I'm agreeing with you right now, but I'm not f forensically righteous. I'm practicing my sanctification. I'm working out my salvation in fear and trembling. But like, I'm still in the body of death. Right? I'm a, I'm a living sacrifice. And the, the problem with a living sacrifice is it keeps on getting off the altar. Keep sneaking, I, I gotta keep on 
I kind of crucify the flesh with its passions every day. Paul says, I die daily. But there's going to be a day that comes where that sanctification, that work of sanctification will be complete. And I will have totally repented. You hearing me? But until that day comes, I will continue to repent. I'll continue to walk in repentance by the grace of God. Now, here's the reward of repentance. This is where we end. Acts 3. This is what's really cool. Acts chapter 3. This is Peter, and he's um, preaching his first sermon. He says, repent then, metanoeo, and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. How to get another drink. Repent. I desperately need times of refreshing from the Lord. I need refreshing from the Holy Spirit. And I'm not supposed to work this repentance thing out on my, in my own power. I need the power of the Holy Spirit. And I need his refreshing because the battle is intense. We get t tired from the battle, weary from the battle, weary of, of, you know, we get discouraged when we're not living, you know, the, you know th there'll be seasons when we're killing it. And then all of a sudden, sins begin to beset us and we're getting tripped up and there's some disobedience in our life that we need to begin to repent of. But repentance, and this is what's amazing about it, it's this beautiful opportunity to receive a time of refreshing from the Lord. I think sometimes God's looking at us and he's going, you desperately need another drink. You are parched, my friend. I want to help. But when you sin, you withdraw. When you sin, you know, you think it's all on yourself. No, I can help. I can help with this. You need some refreshing from my Holy Spirit. This is for the Christian in, 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 those, in those moments, of, even in, in those heart checks, that times of refreshing come from the Holy Spirit as we repent. I just want to encourage some of you tonight. You're thinking that you would love to live for God and there's obvious besetting sins in your life and you're going, I could never, I, I feel, Nate, I, I feel like I could never overcome these sins. I could never overcome them. I, I feel so bound and I feel so discouraged and, and I, I've been battling depression. Friend, I'm here to tell you tonight that as you agree with God, times of refreshing will come from the Holy Spirit. Your strength will be on the way. You don't need to fight in your own strength, in your own power. No, the Holy Spirit is here, and he wants to impart strength to you, and he wants you to know that every time you agree with the Lord, that agreement, and you, you, you just go, Holy Spirit, I am wrong. I know that you're right. I need your refreshing. When you do that, the Spirit of God will begin to fill your heart in a fresh way, like a baptism, like the baptism that John talked about. Like how is Jesus gonna baptize us? With, with, with the Holy Spirit and fire. Some of y'all need a fresh baptism in the Holy Spirit. You need a fresh work of the Spirit of God. You know, where you're dry and you need God to just show up. You need a, ref, a, a time of refreshing, a time of spiritual renewal and refreshing.
Reform is a return to the Bible. Revival is a return to the Holy Spirit. You can have times of refreshing from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit says, agree with me. Agree with me. I pray this sermon has blessed you, encouraged you, and inspired you. You know, we may never have met. I may not know you, but God knows you. And I'll tell you today, God loves you. That even before you knew about him, he loved you. And he has a plan and a purpose for your life. You know, so many of us do life on our own, trying to lead our life in a way that finds answers and finds the peace and finds the joy we're looking for, but we come up short. But God knew that you needed rescuing, that you needed saving, that you needed His love. So He sent His Son, Jesus, to come and pay the price for our mistakes. He lived a perfect life, but knowing we couldn't, He said, I will take their place. So He died and rose again so that His death could pay the penalty for my mistakes and my past, and His life could make a way so that I could have life. I believe that when you believe in what Jesus did, And when you invite Him to be Lord of your life, you can experience forgiveness, peace, hope, joy, purpose and life like you've never known before. It's not about what we've done or who we're not. It's about that we have a God who's good, who can turn things for good and loves you. He's a father. He's a friend. And you can invite Him into your life today by simply saying this prayer after me. I'm going to say this prayer and wherever you are, wherever you're watching around the world, pray this prayer with me. Maybe you once knew God and you walked away. You know what? Maybe He's getting your attention today to say, come back into relationship with me. Maybe you've known religion, but never a real genuine relationship with God. Why don't you say this prayer too? And I believe this can be the beginning of a great new day. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for loving me and giving your life for me. I pray you forgive me for my past and you walk with me into my tomorrow. Let me know your grace, your forgiveness, your peace, your purpose, your joy, and your hope into my life. I ask you to lead me and guide me from this day forward. Be Lord of who I am. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer today. I believe that as you did, the peace, the grace, and the love of God comes into your life. You know what? The past is real, but it doesn't have to dictate your future. Let the love, the grace and the word of God go with you from this day forward. And I believe the best days are ahead for you. If you prayed this prayer or you want to know more, maybe you're on the journey. Why don't you flick us an email so we can send you some material about following Jesus. We can maybe connect you with a local church near you that you can do life with, get good people around you. And we would love to pray with you. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer. I'm so glad you're on the journey of following Jesus. I'm so glad you listened today. God bless.